Hey everyone, and welcome to June 2010, My Real Talk with Katie Holly. You can always email me at myrealtalk at gmail.com. You can always call the office at 602-476-1942 with any questions or if you'd like to, if you have a certain topic that you'd like us to chat about in future episodes, we can do that too. Or if you just want to say hello, that's fine. We like those calls. (laughs) Anyway, um, June 2010's topic is going to be regarding short sales. Surprise, surprise. I do uh, have knowledge about other areas of real estate, um, but our shows have been on short sales lately because I'm getting so many questions about them and so many people are dealing with that lately. So it just really seems to be the hot topic. So what I'm going to talk about today is kind of a question that I've been getting a lot through the grapevine and even with clients that I do sit at the kitchen table with during our little uh, sit-downs that we have when we're discussing short sales and when we're discussing if that's the appropriate route for that particular client to take. Um, When you list with us, you're going to get a a packet of information regarding what other options you have available to you um, other than a short sale and then also some explanations surrounding short sales uh, referrals for different professionals and that sort of thing. On the very first page of the packet, you will see a document checklist for the seller. And that's basically our com, you know, our compilation, <laughs> I guess, of what documents most banks require. And I like to give that to a seller up front so that they can do a little bit of homework for me and they can get those documents together. Because here's the thing, guys, I'm not going to list a property as a short sale, obtain an offer, get ready to go to the bank if I don't have this list of documentation that I need, that I know I need from a seller complete, uh, because that's just going to take longer for the process for the buyer, seller, and everybody involved if I'm scurrying around, running around to put this checklist together and get all of these um, different documents from the seller. So it's most efficient that the seller complete this little checklist for me up front even before we get the property listed. That way, as soon as I obtain an offer and it will happen quickly, I can go ahead and I can run and, and, and I can start negotiating with the bank. That's what's most important is for me to get my sellers out from underneath this situation that they're in as quickly as possible. And this is one of the ways that we do it. So I'm looking at a checklist right now, and I'm just going to run through it and kind of explain um, a little bit about this different documentation, why we need it, and what it looks like. First of all, we most definitely need the letter of authorization. That is a letter that I already have completed um, with blank spaces for you to put your name and your your, uh, bank information in, your bank account number, things like that, for me, so that way I can speak with the bank on your behalf. They're not going to allow anybody to talk in detail regarding your situation, regarding your account, if you don't give us permission to do so, which is a protection for you. So it's kind of nice that they do that. It's just like if I were to try and get information on your checking account, they're not going to give it to me unless I have authorization from you to get that information. So letter of authorization is something that is already in the file, just needs to have you complete it. 
Number two, completed financial worksheet. This is something, again, that my team has taken the time to create a ge generic document for, which makes it a lot easier for the homeowner when they're putting together this paperwork to just quickly fill out our financial worksheet. Ours touches on most of what banks are looking for these days. Every once in a while, I'll get a bank that wants it in a different format. And when we get to that point, I'll go back to the seller and say, hey, we need this in a different format, and we'll get it done. Um, we have the information right there in front of us, so it usually just takes a couple of minutes to do that. Number three on the list is complete tax returns for the last two years. I can't tell you how often I get just the first page of tax returns, just the first two pages of tax returns. No, guys, complete tax returns. The bank needs to see all pages. If there are 10 pages that you received from your CPA when she gave it to you, she or he handed it to you and said, here's your taxes for the year, we need all of those 10 pages. The bank's going to ask, it's going to push you to the end of the line again, you don't want to be there. Once we have a negotiator or, or somebody in place at the bank to start talking to, we want to keep them. And this is the way that we keep them. We have everything ready for them. It's efficient. It's there. They don't have to worry about anything. They don't have to ask questions. Number four on the checklist is paycheck stubs for your last two pay periods. So if you get paid once per month, that means the last two months of check stubs. If you get paid once per week, that's just the last two weeks of check stubs. They want to see at least two pay periods worked. So please do put that in your packets. Number five on the list is bank statements. They want to see what kind of spending habits you have. They want to see what your savings account looks like. So what we need is two statement periods, which typically you get one a month, of your bank statements. Hardship letter. This is next on the list, and this is very, very, very important. This letter carries a lot of weight because what it is, is it's basically your account of hardship and your it, and why you're unable to make your payments. You gotta let them know, okay, look, I got into this house on X date, here's what happened from X date to now to get me in the situation that I'm in, and, and this is the reason that I'm struggling with payments. This is not a time in this letter for you to bash the bank and say, hey, you know, you guys gave me a really stupid loan, why'd you let me pay for a house that was, you know, priced higher than it was worth, or, or you know, why did you, allow me to get into this situation. It's really, yes, I guess we could go around and around about this conversation, but you're asking the bank for assistance, whether you feel like it's their fault that you're in this situation or not. You definitely don't want to bite the hand that is feeding at this time. So it's not a time for you to bash the bank. It's not a time for you to let them know just how exactly you feel about them. This is a time for you to explain your situation and to ask them for a little bit of help. And, and you want them to help you, so use encouraging words. The next on the list is mortgage statements. Yes, I need current statements for any and all mortgages on your property. And the reason being is because I do need your account numbers in order to put that on the letter of authorization, which was number one on the checklist, so that I can access your account information and speak with the banks on your behalf. Secondly, if you have more than one lien, the other mortgages, the first, the second, third, whatever, what have you, is gonna to wanna to know what the payoffs are on the other liens. So, Lien number one is going to want to know what the payoff is for lien number two. Lien number two is going to want to know what the payoff is for lien number one. So make sure that you include all mortgage statements in your packet. 
If you have statements for any other liens on the short sale property or on the subject property rather, uh, mechanics liens, tax liens, property tax liens, anything like that, HOA liens, please include that stuff in there because it's something that's going to have to be calculated for in the final HUD, the final settlement statement. The bank's going to want to see it. They're going to want to use it with their calculations when they're coming up with their decision. So make sure that we know about that. If you have been through a bankruptcy and it's been discharged, put that paperwork in there. I need those dates. I need to know what type of bankruptcy it was. I need to know all of the details surrounding the discharge. If you're currently in BK, uh, you definitely want to let me know that at the, at the appointment too because that really could stand in the way of listing your home as a short sale. If you're in a BK and your home has been um, what's the word that I'm looking here, that they've released your home from the BK, then nine times out of 10, we can short sale it at that time. It's just case by case. So definitely be sure to bring that up to me when we're sitting down at the kitchen table and we're talking about your situation and the best route for you to go, because that's going to have something to do with it. Next on the list, copy of your foreclosure or trustee sale date uh, paperwork, if you have one. If you're at that point, and please, guys, don't let it get to this point before you speak with us. Again, that phone number is 602-476-1942. Even if you have questions, no obligation, just give me a call. I'm happy to help in any way that I can. Don't let your situation get to the point where the county is taping a notice of foreclosure trustee sale date to your front door. That means you don't have a lot of time to work, guys. So when you're first finding yourself in the situation, you can't pay, you're not sure what to do, you're super underwater with your house, call me or email me, myrealtalk at gmail.com. We'll, we'll get some help for you. Even if you're out of the area, even if you're listening to this podcast and you live in Alaska, you know I'm based out of Arizona. If you live in England, you know I'm based out of Arizona. That's fine. I have contacts throughout the nation and the world. And if you need help, I can find somebody in your area that is an expert that can help you. So please, don't let it get to the point where a trustee sale date is taped to your front door. You need to start looking at your options well before that. Foreclosure, not typically the best option. Not typically. The next one is after the foreclosure trustee sale date paperwork, if you have any, I need to see your last two months of HOA statements, which kind of ties back into the statements uh, that I requested earlier of any liens on the property. So definitely if you have HOA liens, need to see the statements. If you don't have HOA liens, great. If you're you know up to date with your HOA, awesome. I do need those statements, however, because the bank's gonna wanna see them. The bank's gonna wanna know how much you pay, when it's due, all of that applicable fun stuff. Next on the list, if you are uh, listing with our team, and I strongly suggest that you speak with our team when you're deciding who to list with, is the disclaimer paperwork. Now that is paperwork that goes into all of our short sale packages. It explains again to the homeowner what options that they have available to them. It explains what position my team takes in the sale, what we're responsible for, what we'll handle, what we can advise, and then what we cannot advise, what we will not handle, and what our position is not. We are not real estate attorneys. We are not CPAs. We cannot advise you of the tax impl implications. <laughs> uh, that was a tough one. It's, it's early in the morning. We cannot advise you of the tax implications. 
we cannot advise you how it's going to affect you, um, you know, once the short sale is closed, how it's going to affect you legally, what um, options the banks have um, if you fall under the Arizona, um, the, uh, the Arizona deficiency laws. So um, not something that we, that our, that our license um, covers. So you definitely want to speak with a real estate attorney or a, and or a CPA, and uh, we can surely give you a couple of names of who you can speak with here locally. Last but not least, we ask for the no information waiver, if that is applicable. Now, the no information waiver is, again, another form that our team has made up in the event you don't have pay stubs, uh, bank statements, tax returns, that kind of thing. So if you don't have the information that's requested in the checklist and, and every Everything above this this last uh, line here, then that's where you would put that information and sign off that, hey, look, I just don't have it. So these documents are the most common documents that lenders now are requesting to process a short sale. But remember that every lender has their own process, and of course it can change at any time because <laughs> we're dealing with the banks. Uh, there may be other documentation requested by the lender, uh, the lender as we process the short sale. If other items are requested, we'll inform you as quickly as possible, but we ask that please, please, please turn the documents over within 24, and in some cases, we can go as long as 48 hours, because the banks usually will require that we get the information to them within this period. So, Save your pay stubs, save your bank statements as they come in while your property's on the market and while we're negotiating because I'm going to ask you for updated information uh, when the bank asks me. So definitely keep that handy. Anyhow, I hope that this was helpful. Thank you again for joining us. My Real Talk with Katie Holly. And again, that number is 602-476-1942. We hope to hear from you and have a wonderful month.